black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. I am Jesse Lee Peterson, and thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. I also appreciate your letters and emails, your phone calls. Some of you like the show, some of you hate the show, some of you are being helped by the show, and others are not. But I appreciate all letters, phone calls, and emails. Thank you so much. I'm talking with, today with Pastor Avara Chapa. Is that right? Yes. The first name? Elvira. Elvira. Elvira Chapa. Mm -hmm. And she's with the Church of God of Prophecies in uh, Midland, Texas. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I want to ask you about the Church of Prophecies. What is that? Prophecy. Um, it's just a Church of God, and it is a Bible-believing uh, church, Christian church. Um, we teach the Old Testament, New Testament, rightly divided, and uh, we uh, the prophecy was added on by because of division of the church at the beginning. The organization, some uh, there were some divisions, as you know, big organizations sometimes happens because of financial or doctoral doctrinal things uh, differences. Right. So the court, I understand, gave the church then prophecies. So because there are other uh, movements, big organizations that are Church of God. How long have you, oh, another point I want to make about that that I didn't know is that this is a nationwide church. Yes, this is a worldwide church. Wow, I didn't, I, I've never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. um, how long have you been a pastor? Okay, I've been a pastor since 1992. 92, and were you called to be one or? Uh, I believe, decided? no, I believed, uh, I believed that I was called of God. And why do you believe that? Um, I heard the voice of the Spirit call me, <laughs> and, I, and I was afraid at first to answer. Really? And uh, What were you afraid of? That, I, that it might be me. Oh, you know, okay. I always uh, want to be careful that I'm listening to, to the right voice. You know, if I hear something in my mind or I think something, I want to be sure that it's not me. Right. And um, so uh, after I had, you know, some dreams and confirmations and I heard, I believe was the Spirit of God, then I, um, I answered the call when I, we decided to come over to the valley, the Rio Grande Valley, which is South Texas, and then the Lord, the Lord um, when we stepped out by faith, then really we began to work. And I know that you're married. Um, your is your husband a pastor as well? My husband is also a pastor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you said that he was co-pastor to you? Yes, here in Midland. Uh -huh. And what is, what is the role of a co-pastor? Um, in case I cannot attend my duties as oh, a pastor. And uh, in my decision making, the Church of God Prophecy does not have a board of directors, and we just have our staff, our leaders. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's where he comes in, especially right now that we don't have very many people. Right. How does he feel about you being a pastor? All right. 
He's, right. he's good with it. You never um, had a problem with it at all? No, because um, I don't compete with him and he doesn't compete with me. And I try to, uh, you know, um, uh, back him up and he, you know, he's in agreement with me. And when you say co-pastor, how did, define co-pastor for me. Uh, to me, co-pastor is like I said, it is, he's to be in, in my absence, in case of my absence. And then um, he, ha you know, he can make decisions with me. Uh, does that mean that he's under you, though? You're the head of, uh, as far as pastor? Midland, yeah, in Midland, yes. Right. Does that bother you that your husband is co-pastor to you? No. It doesn't, why not? Because um, we're hand in hand. I mean, we, we are together in this. Um, God says that the man should be over the woman. Mm -hmm. But in this situation here, you're over him. Does that bother you? Um, no. I, we don't have any problems with that because I am submitted to him as a wife. You know, and then uh, there have been some decisions where I will listen you know, to, what, to what he says. Do you listen? You don't listen to other decisions? There's some decisions you don't listen to? Um, well, in our walk, you know, with God, first the one that we go to when we have decisions to make is God. And then we, we talk with each other and then we make the right decision. So is he over you? Is he, is he your head? In my house, yes. In your house, but not outside the house? The church. You mean the church as pastor? I mean, so your husband is only your head inside the home? Well, his husband and wife. Right. But once you leave the house, he's no longer in your head? No, he's still the head except for the church because I'm, I'm put there as the head of the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, I, and I'll move on from this, but I'm just mm -hmm. trying to understand because there are a lot of women who are now pastors and preachers. Mm -hmm. When you go to the church building, he is no longer, your husband is no longer your head. Uh, I don't... Uh, want to go there, I think that because I have been set over the church in this area, in, in Midland, right. then I have to be on top there. And so that means that you are his head at the church? Right there. But isn't that kind of strange though? I mean, does that feel comfortable being his head? It doesn't come to that because I'm just pastoring like I will be preaching. Sometimes he'll preach. That just means that I'm and I'm the one that's with, that will start, you know, the service. Right. Uh, are you, you're Hispanic? Yes, you're Hispanic. I, I'm Hispanic. Um, I noticed that in the Hispanic communities across the country, mm -hmm. uh, the family and, and uh, individuality seem to be falling apart. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, at one time there was a, you know, the Hispanic community had the family there and, you know, they were pretty conservative in their ways. Uh, do you agree that that seemed to be changing or falling apart? Uh, I don't know if I um, care to comment on that because in the Hispanic, the, usually the family is a real uh, tight unit. You know, right. they, they, they stay united. They stay together. Right. And the only, pro the only time when they're going to fall apart if it's a dysfunctional family where there's rebellion and disobedience and things like that. Or Do you notice that that seemed to be happening more nowadays than it did in the past? 
Possibly so, because there's a lot of broken marriage and things like that. And what's causing that? What's causing the... The, the broken marriages and things like that within a Hispanic community. Within a Hispanic community. Uh, I don't want to set myself as to speak for the whole... Right, of course. <laughs> for the whole... But as a Hispanic, pastor. Yeah, but as a pastor uh, with the families that we have dealt with, especially down in the South and that, uh, the dysfunctional and, and uh, breaking up of families usually has to be alcohol, drugs, things like that that I, that we see in in the in the family units that we that we uh, you know that we minister to. Uh, what is salvation? Okay, it's salvation. Uh, salvation is when a person will repent. But before they repent, they must believe that God is, that there is a God. And they want to seek him, come to him, and then they'll repent. It means that they're going to turn around from whatever bad thing they're doing. They must make like a 180 degrees turn and come to God. Then they must believe in their heart. Because if they don't believe with their heart and confess with their mouth, sometimes we don't have a genuine salvation. What can cause, I mean, how do you get a non-believer, you know, there are people who just don't believe in God. How do you get them to believe in God? Um, working with them, you know, talking with them, prayer. Uh, the scripture says that sometimes uh, their beliefs, like, um, you know, they're so away from God, they don't want to turn around. They don't want their life to turn around. They don't want to change. So um, you have to depend on the Holy Spirit of God to do, you minister the word, and then you have to depend on the Holy Spirit of God to work with that person in their heart. Because if there's not a change of heart, if the, if the word is not coming from their heart that they want to repent, that they want to change, it won't happen. Do you believe in the uh, uh, spiritual order of life? Is there a spiritual order to life? Well, I believe that we have... Um, yeah, we have a, we have, there's a spiritual and a carnal part in our soul, you know, in our body. And I believe, yeah, sometimes if we have more of, of God, if we have more of God, you'll see more good in a person. And if you have more carnal, just ourselves, you know, the, the carnal person, then you won't see that. You'll see a person that's maybe even bitter. Right. Because they don't know God. God is love. Once you know God, can you still be bitter, a bitter person? Um, I believe if they don't, if you don't follow through, because there are certain steps, you know. Like what? Your what salvation, then you're born again. And the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. New things Meaning come. that no longer can he or she be bitter. That's right. And if they are bitter, is that a sign that they don't know God? It's a sign that there might be something else. They might need another trip to the altar, you know, or some more prayer, because then there comes uh, there's other like you know sanctification, uh, justification, you know, which is that. So if they're bitter, and they said they're born again, they need to go back to the altar to to get salvation. To forgive, or can... no, to forgive forgiveness. Then they they want to go into to forgiving somebody because if a person is bitter, means he's been hurt. Or right. she's been hurt. Right. Is and it, there's hurts. 
Is it possible for someone to hurt you once you're born again? If they if I am born again or they are. If they if you are. Let's say you're born again, is mm -hmm. it possible for your husband or someone to hurt you? Um, it be it all depends on the maturity that I'm in, the spiritual maturity that I'm in. How about you in your state? Can you be hurt now by your husband or anyone? Um if if <laughs> I believe we're all kind <laughs> I mean we're we have the spirit of God in us, but I think believe that we're all carnal. If the hurt is deep enough, I think yes, I think that we're subject to it. So you still think that you are subject as a pastor, and you've been born again for a long time. Mm -hmm. I yes. Uh -huh. how, how old were you when you were born again? Uh, I was in my thirties. Really? Mm -hmm. And so, and then you, how long have you been a pastor? I'm sorry. Since 1992. So a long time. So is it possible that your husband or anyone can hurt you in this stage in your life? Like can I cause said, bitterness. Um, I, again, I said we're 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 not above, you know. We're not above. We're we're flesh, and we we live. You know, we're we're living in this world, <laughs> and I, I believe that yes. But we, you know, we have our strong. Um, we have the armor of God that we can apply to ourselves. You know, to to things that are being done to us. But I believe that there can be hurts in life. Do your husband hurt you at times? I mean, cause you to become bitter? Oh uh, no, not not <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> you know, we we're we're to the point that we can uh, pray about it, we can laugh, we can cry together. And uh, does he upset you at times? Not a lot. I know more or less. We we've been married forty three years. That's a long time. So we almost know. You know, I know more or less what to expect from him. He knows more or less what. Uh, how would you describe him? What type of man is he? Uh, my husband is a simple man, but he's a man of God. Simple meaning what? Simple meaning he's not highly educated, uh, but he is a man of God. And are you highly educated? Uh, not too much either. Not too much. <laughs> and but. so do you like his simplicity or you wish that he was educated more? No, I, I like him the way he is. You like him the way he is? Mm -hmm. And that's why you married him, because he was a simple yes, man? Yes, sir. Yeah. Are you hard to live with? Am I hard to live with? I try not to be. <laughs> <laughs> but are you know, would he say that, I know now you've gotten older together, but mm -hmm. would he say prior to the last three years, my wife was hard to live with? Mm, I don't believe so. Uh, in the last three years, I have gone, undergone heart surgery and really? you know and things like that that where we have seen um, the love for each other more you know and kindness and that, those things. So what caused the heart attack? Um, Did you have a heart attack? No. Oh, you I, just had a bad heart. I had arteries. arteries oh, and what caused that? I don't know. It's it's really high among Hispanic. Oh, it is. It, and the, they have, the, is it from the, the food or the stress or? Could, could have been stress and, and food. Uh, I never had suffered heart problems in the north, but when we got to the. Are south. you under a lot of stress here in the? In Midland? No, Midland. no Midland's uh, a little bit different. I mean, so you had the heart surgery in the other town that you lived in? Yeah. Absolutely. Were you under a lot of stress there? I believe we were. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to ask you this, then I want to move on to uh, some other questions. I don't quite understand why a woman would want to take on the responsibility of pastor, mm -hmm. minister, because it is a stressful mm -hmm. position to be in. Why would they want to even take that kind of job? Um, when we 
accept Christ in our life. We're not our own. Remember, we were bought with a price, right. the blood of Christ on the cross. And when he makes a calling, you know, the Ephesians 1.11 says that before the foundations, that he already had a purpose for us. And um, sometimes it takes time for us to fulfill our, our purpose. But um, I don't believe that if I didn't really, um, had not heard the call, and in Timothy, he says that he calls us with an holy calling. Now, not everybody has a calling for ministry, right. you know, and there's different types of ministry. Um, and I wouldn't take it, uh, I wouldn't take it if I didn't believe that I, that I was called. You to. said that uh, when God first called you, you were afraid. Yes. What were you afraid of again? The same thing you're talking about, taking the... This. The, the rising above and taking that type of position. Are you glad you did now? Uh, I think I, I, I believe that I'm doing the right thing. You know, I believe that I'm in the right position. What is the, uh, uh, the role of a, a husband or a father in the home? Mm -hmm. um, well, my husband has always been a um, provider. Um, we have had an understanding that, you know, we would not side with the children. The decision has to be made by, by him. And that's the way we raised our children. That's the way that I look up to him, to counsel with him and ask him, you know, whatever decisions we make. Right. And that's how it is. And, and the role of the mother is what? The wife, the mother my, is what? My, my role uh, in the home has been to uh, do the housework take care of the children, raise them up, <laughs> try to work with them more and, and be sure that they keep in education and all that. And also, you know, um, doing things I'm supposed to do as a wife, you know, taking care of my husband. Are we supposed to discern or judge good and evil? Uh, just by our own, I believe our own conduct, our own works that we do, you know, daily, we, we can tell if a person does good or bad. Can we tell if a person is evil or good? By their conduct, again, it goes by, back to... By their, their conduct. By what we do. I, wanna, I want you to give me some good or evil answers. Mm -hmm. You heard of Jesse Jackson. Is he good or evil? I don't know too much about uh, Jesse Jackson. You heard of Bill Clinton. Yes, I heard Good of or evil? Well, he did very evil things. <laughs> <laughs> Put some of our, some things, you know, he didn't do good that uh, are, you know, bring shame to the country, to especially being a president. But then he was our leader at the time. Right. So would you say he is good or evil? Uh, I don't want to sit. I don't. I'm not in a position to judge. But I thought I wanna, you said we we we're supposed but to I judge. But I can that. tell. I could say <laughs> bad, bad. But, I can say bad. But why why can't you say good or evil? Um, like I said, I'm for um, a pastor is supposed to be for <laughs> to uh, to reconcile, you know, reconcile back to God. Right. And we need to see good in everybody, you know. Even uh, if they're evil. We ha we always have to realize that that person can be good. I know, but by pointing out that this person is evil, are we saying that they cannot be good, or just pointing out what they what they are now? 
what they are at the present time, right. you know, but it doesn't mean he can't change. Right. So Bill Clinton, as a far as we know, is he good or evil? I don't want to go there. You don't want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> I said he, he did bad things. Uh, President Bush, good or evil? I, I don't agree. I, I'm not 100% in agreement with, with what he's done, but I believe that he's the leader that we have right now and that he's protected this country as best as he knows how. Uh, David Duke. I don't know anything about him. You never heard of him? No. Uh, Hitler. Well, he was bad. <laughs> was he evil or good? Again, I'll have to say that he was bad. I <laughs> <laughs> so help me to understand why, as a pastor, uh, and your, one of your responsibilities is to point out evil and good, because the battle, do you believe that our battle is a battle between good and evil? Yes. So as a pastor, why are you reluctant to say it? Because I, I, I want to be open that a person can change. Well, that I'm not saying that they can, but in the condition that they're in, why are you afraid to say or reluctant to say that this person is evil and this person is good? Why? Just because I, don't, I believe that if I firmly say that person is an evil, you know, the tongue has a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it's, it's hard, you know. So you think that if you said that Bill Clinton was an evil man, that because you said it, he cannot change? Or he will not change? I don't desire that he don't change. Right. Of course, I would desire that he would make a change. But do you think that once you speak it, though, that he would not change? No, I don't have that power. <laughs> I don't have that I'm power. not quite understanding why you won't say evil if that's what he is. Uh, well, all right. I'll say that he's, he was an evil man for doing those bad things. But I won't say that he will continue to be that. Right. I'm not asking that either. Mm -hmm. I mean, as of now. You're right. People can change. Mm -hmm. But if our battle is spiritual and the battle is between good and evil, I don't know why preachers are afraid to say that. No, yes, this, this no, man no is we're evil. not afraid. It's not that we're afraid. It's that we always see we like I said, our our main uh, mission is to bring souls to Christ uh, and take them away from evil. From right? evil, yes. But, that they have a, they have a chance. But if you don't say that they're evil, how would you take them away from evil? Well, we'll say they're bad. <laughs> they're doing bad. They're but, in sin. Yeah. <laughs> but not evil. Well, yeah, I guess I believe that bad is evil. Yeah, but and that's true, but I, I'm finding out that from doing a lot of interviews mm -hmm. that a lot of preachers won't say it. And I don't quite know why they won't say that it is evil or this is good. They are good or they're evil. I don't know why they don't say it. In the olden days, they would say that, but now preachers won't say it. I just, like I said, I, I know what he did was bad. He, he did real bad. <laughs> but I hope, you know, I hope that he will reconcile himself to God someday and, rec and recognize that he did real evil. You know, that the, the things he did were real evil. Um, I want to ask you another political question. Um, are you Republican or Democrat? I wish not to comment on that. Not comment on that. Um, how, is abortion evil? Bush evil? Abortion. 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 Um, I'm pro-life. You know, I believe in life. Right. 
and um, whether it's a fetus or it's a one month, you know, I believe that God is the one, he's the creator of all things. Right. And so I do believe that abortion is bad. Is it evil? It would be evil. It would be evil. How about uh, uh, homosexuality? Evil or good? No, that's evil. Evil. Uh, when when uh, people want to take God out of the schools and they don't want you to mention God in the schools and the playground, is that evil? I believe so. You believe so? I believe that the foundation of our country, of our, far, our forefathers came, you know, but even the people that came over, uh, you know, first to, uh, in the colonies, they came for freedom of religion and that's yeah. under First Amendment. That's right. And how can we forget these things? That's right. The Democratic, and I, and I don't want you to tell me how you vote, but the Democratic platform supports evil things, not all Democrats. But the platform is about abortion, you know, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and all that kind of stuff. Can a person be born of God, born-again person, support that platform? Can they vote for that platform if they're born of God? Um, I would say no. But then you also have to, um, person, people are not informed. Right. And that, and you know, the scripture says that my people perish because of knowledge. And a lot of people don't take time to read. They just want to vote Democratic or Republican and they don't know what the platform is doing. Right. They so don't realize what they're doing. They don't realize what, who they're voting for or what they're getting into and seeing it. And we have to know what we're voting for. That's right. And once they understand what the platform is all about, as a man or a woman of God, would it then be impossible for them to vote for that platform? It should be. Uh, tell the people how to get in. We're over, we're coming to the end of this first half hour. Mm -hmm. Tell the people how to get in touch with you if they would like to visit your church. Mm -hmm. um, you can get in touch with us in the Church of God of Prophecy, 5301 Thomason Drive, Midland, Texas, zip code 79703. Our telephone is 432-689-8277 in Midland, Texas. And uh, all people welcome to the church? Yes, this is open. Our doors are open to any, anyone that is seeking God or just wants to visit. Yeah. We have no obligation. You know, you can visit or you may come seeking. I'm going to have you stay over and do another segment. And so we're going to pick up on some more questions. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Tune in again tomorrow. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs>
When I say that, we were talking about women being pastors, and I say that I would never let my wife become a pastor. Mm. And if, if she tell me God told her to be a pastor, I would tell her to go sit down. What do you think about that? Well, everybody has their own marriage in those <laughs> situation. <laughs> what would you have done if your husband had said to you, you know, you said to your husband, oh, honey, God called me to be a pastor. And he said, oh, honey, go sit down. That's not true. What would you have done, you think? Mm -hmm. I answered the call. Would you have obeyed your husband, though? Or would if, you... if he seriously told me, probably I would have. But he oh, didn't, good. He didn't, he didn't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but had he disagreed, though, you would have yeah, gone yes, with him. Because, I'm, like I said, I, I strongly believe that he is the head of the... <laughs> he, you know, well, I, I admire that. Him. I'm glad to hear that. I'm sorry mm -hmm. that he wasn't strong enough to do the right thing, but mm -hmm. I'm glad for that. What is love? God said that we should love one another. Mm -hmm. What is love? I believe that we're good to each other. You know, we treat each other right. We respect each other. And when he say love our enemies, what is he asking asking us to do then? It's asking us to overlook. Um, Tolerate sometimes when you love somebody that's doing wrong to you. Right. You, you don't really like it, but you tolerate it because you want to win that person or you want to show them love. And when you say tolerate, do you, do you have to put up with it or you put the way up that with they it treat sometimes. you? Yeah, you put up with it sometimes. Um, I'm, most, most of that I, I, I can see with children, you know, like they're dis disobedient or they're starting to do something and you tolerate it so that you can show them your parently love and be, and be able to get close to them. Um, speaking of children, I've often told people that there are no such thing as a screwed up child but screwed up parents. Mm -hmm. If the parents are screwed up, I mean if the children are screwed up, it's because their parents are screwed up. Am I wrong? It could be. I don't, um, you know, our situation. <laughs> I can only speak of experience. But I, I'm talking like tolerate. It's like, you know, when children, you tell them, don't go across that yard or don't get out of the yard, you know. Don't go across that street, <laughs> you know. Don't touch this, you know. And, don't, and um, I'm talking about that kind of tolerance, you right. know. You, you, I, I know. And, but I want to add, um, is it possible for a good parent to produce bad children? I think sometimes it does happen. How's that? Well, I've seen, you know, because de we deal with different families, and, and I've seen even pastors, and, uh, you know, they, they'll come back. You know, they, they, our scripture tells us there's, in Proverbs, there's one, you know, passage that tells us that if you train up a child the way he should go, when he's old, he'll return. Right. And we have that hope, and we have that assurance, and so... Sometimes children will go over to the other, you know, across the fence because it just seems greener over there. But uh, when they've had the right, you know, opportunity. So you, if they had good parents, would they still go across the fence? I think some of them will. This is, some of them just want to taste or they want to go. Because we're Our generation, kinda... because we have a wild generation. Yeah. Um, and the reason that the generation is wild though, because the parents are wild. Most parents are like selfish and they're looking for their own ego gratification. 
they're not really paying attention to their children nowadays. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that could be true because the training of a child, the teaching of children comes from the home. It starts right. in the home. That's right. It starts in the home. And if, it, if it's lacking and it's not good, then you're, you'll see that. Have you ever had an uh, uh, unforgiving heart? I pray I don't. <laughs> have, you, have you had it in the past, though? Have you ever had that, where you, it was hard for you to forgive? No, I, I don't think I've... You've always been a forgiving person? I've tried to be, yes. Uh, simply, I think I could say because being raised the way we were raised in the family, were you raised by your father and mother? No, just by a mother. Yes, your mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the middle, in the middle. So um, I wasn't the oldest and I wasn't the youngest, so I wasn't the favorite. And so I had to get over it fast. If I got upset because <laughs> I didn't get involved or didn't get to do something, right. then I got over it fast. My mom would say, you're getting upset, you're just going to have to get over it right. because it's not going to happen for you. <laughs> so I just um, took that, you know, and, I, and I've learned that. I, what happened to your father? My dad passed away real, real young. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, what is the purpose of forgiveness? A lot of people can't forgive. What is the purpose of forgiveness? To find peace. I don't think you forget, you know, when something... Uh, really bad happens, you know, or hurt, or um, things that happen, you know. I, I believe that you don't really forget it, but you can forgive it, ask for forgiveness, or give forgiveness, and so that you can have peace and go on, because you're And why don't on. you forget it? What's the purpose of remembering it? Why don't well, you, you just don't, forget it? I don't it mean too? that you don't forget it, forget it, I mean, but, but it's always, it comes back off and on, you know, you can, you can forget it for a long time. If, after you've asked forgiveness, but if you don't ask forgiveness or get forgiveness, sometimes that's why people get ill. Right. And it they stays get with them. Yeah, huh? it stays with them. But when you make that peace, you know, that, that forgiveness, then that's another step and you can go on with your life. How do you forgive? God tells us to forgive others. How do one forgive? A lot of people don't know how to do it. Um, how do you forgive? I, I believe that uh, you have to come together with the other person. There has to be a confrontation and talk about it, you know, and, and try to be, try to work it out, you know, try to, to just not be enemies or ask forgiveness. Sorry, you know, you're really sorry right. that you did that and that's how you do it. And is it important that the other person say, I forgive you, or is it more important that you forgive them? It depends who the who did the hurt. If you did right. the hurt, then it's important that you need to say you for. I know a lot of forgiveness. A lot of people who resent their parents, especially mm -hmm. they resent their mothers, right? Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to go to their mothers to say, "Mama, I forgive you." Or, "No, I'm sorry for hating you, but the way you treated me. Mm -hmm. You know, you're dominating. You didn't allow me to speak up. You control my life, and I resented you for it." Um, they're afraid to do it because they're afraid that their mothers may, or fathers, or whomever may say, well, I didn't have anything to do with it, or they'll feel bad. Mm -hmm. Should people worry about how somebody's going to feel in order to forgive them, or, or should you be concerned about their feelings? They should go ahead and go to them. You know, I, I believe that, especially when it's with the uh, son and daughter relationship with the mother or dad. Yeah. They should go ahead and, and then um, hear them out. 
you know, hear him out because um, that that can hurt a person, a young person with their life, and then carry it on to their marriage or whatever life they do. Right. In your church, do you minister to all races, or is predominantly Hispanic? No, I <laughs> I do to all races. All races. You have blacks and whites and everybody yes, at your church. Yes, especially like right here in Midland, I have uh, a black family. Right. I have a Hispanic fam two Hispanic families, and I have some Anglo visitors. So, I mean, we, we minister to everybody. Uh, do you tell black people the truth about themselves, that uh, they are not suffering because of racism, but because they're so immoral, it has nothing to do with racism, they need to be born again? Do you tell them that, or do you stay away from that? No, I don't tell them. Um, is that the truth about, about black people? Yes. I don't see it that way. I see it that they're all... We're all creation of God. Do you think that they're suffering because of racism or because they're immoral? <laughs> Probably, I don't, I don't understand that, that question, but. You know how uh, black people say, well, I can't make it because of racism. I'm having babies out of wear a lot because of racism. Uh, I can't get an education because of racism. Do you think that's true or, or is there another problem with them? Probably that's the problem if they're feeling that way. If they feel that way? It's a problem to them. But the real problem is that, they, you know, they've got to do something with their life. Right. And, and if they can get Christ in their life, well, they're going to be, you know, they're just as good as, as a white or brown or black or green so, or red. So do you tell them, stop whining, racism is not holding you back, yeah. it's your own problem, you have immoral problems? If it gets to that, I haven't dealt with that because I've always had just Hispanic. And, and angles to deal with. Uh, uh, but you you hear black people complaining all the time, right? Yeah, I do. But I and tell them no. I tell them no because you're you're created the same as anybody That's else, right. and you have just as much right to have a good job, have a good education, have a good home. You want just as much as anybody else does for your children, and go after it. And know? stop whimping and whining and begging. Right. Do they get mad at you for saying that? Oh. I don't tell them. I don't tell them enough because I haven't, like I said, I haven't worked enough with, with uh, you know. Do you get tired of hearing them complain though? I haven't worked enough with them to hear. To I mean, when you turn the TV on or read the paper, mm, do you get tired of hearing I don't, that? I don't get tired of hearing them. I just say, I just pray for them and I say, Lord, help them to understand that they are special. You know that they that God created them, in His eyes, just like everybody else, right. and they and they have a right. To, you know. And it's too bad if somebody has just put them in that little corner and told them, you know, because of that, they need to get out of that. That's right. That's and right. And go on. You know, they got to go on because, you know, all, all of us have our own, bag, our own bag to carry, and it's how, how heavy we want to make it. So were you, were you born here in this country? Yes. You were born. And because I'm, I'm happy to see that you love this country, you love what's right. We were talking earlier. Mm -hmm. A lot of Hispanics, especially the new generation, have been turned away from this country. They, mm -hmm. you know, they blame the country rather than, have you noticed that? Rather yeah. than appreciating it. Yeah. You have noticed that. When you see that, what, what goes through your mind about that? The same thing, it's somebody has treated them bad, you know, and, and I understand, I'm understanding. I'm, I'm uh, very, um, blessed to have been born right out of San Antonio. Right. But I wasn't raised here in Texas. I was raised in Wyoming. So I was raised with the Anglo uh, culture, the, the uh, English-speaking people, and I love them. You know, but I love my, my culture also. 
And, and I love blacks and I love Indians, you know, and, and everything because uh, um, I see people that, that they be, they, they're like, they don't have a very high esteem of themselves. Right. And so I believe somebody else had something to do with that, you know. You're uh, right about that. And so they need to come to Christ, you know, they need to come to the Lord, and then there's somebody, you know, and then they can forget all that. They need to forget all those hurts. Whoever put them down, you know, they, they just need to forget that, and they need to pick themselves up and do something with themselves. And when you say come to the Lord, how do they know they, how do you, how do they, I may have asked you this, and if I have, forgive me, how do they recognize that they need to come to the Lord? Because a lot of them don't, don't know that they need to come to the Lord. Mm -hmm. They think that it's this and that and someone holding them back. Mm -hmm. How do you get them to recognize they need to come to the Lord? First of all, I tell them that we love them and that Jesus Christ loves them, that he died on that cross for them, and that he has something, a purpose, and something that they're very special to him. And um, if they're willing to listen and they want to do something different with their life, then here's the door. Right. Here's the key. I'm handing them a key. You know, and, and all you have to do is, is tell me that you, you want to change, you want something better. And, and I can't give it to you, but I can, I can lead you through it. You know, I can pray with them and I can, I can help them. And they will even feel different about themselves as long as they make, take that step. But the key is to accept the Lord. And they see life differently and everything. Right. Once they do that. They change. Yeah. The Muslim religion, uh, I believe the Muslim religion is wicked. It's mm -hmm. evil. Am I wrong? Well, you're talking religion. I don't consider my, we don't consider, Church of God Prophecy does not consider itself. There's a difference between religion and salvation. And we consider ourselves that we, we have salvation. And you're not a religion. You're not a religion. You're a salvation. Yeah. So, We're Christian, but we call ourselves Christians. Right. But so is the Muslim religion an evil religion? There are some of them that are. Right. Not all of it. Not all of it, because some of them do, do preach the word. You know, they, they have the truth. Some of us have more light than others. So the Muslim religion has a moon as their god. It's a moon god religion. Is there, are there a certain aspect of the religion that is not a moon god worshiper? Because I thought the whole thing worshiped the same god, and that's the moon god. Well, the moon gods are moonies, <laughs> but I understand. And that's a false god. And then there's Buddhists, and there's you know there's other religions. I don't want I don't want to get into that because, you know, they everybody thinks they're right, but we know that they're not. What is the right religion? Just believing in the one true God. So, is the prophecy the right one? Your religion, well, where your uh, salvation, because yeah. you don't you don't call yourself a religion. No, no, we're you, cre we're a Christian. Uh, is that the right one? Well, it's one of the right ones, but there's others. There are more than one right we, one? We join ourselves with other believers, you know, that believe, as long as they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But is, your, is uh, the uh, prophecy God? I, I'm not going to go there and say that we're the only ones. No, we're not the only ones. You have more than one God? No, no, we have one God. But do you have that one and right God? We have the right God. And if anybody else has God's, is he the right one too? Has, if he has the one God. How do we recognize the one God? How do we know when we find the one God? He's three gods in one person. I mean, three persons in one God. And if they believe that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
they believe that, they believe the word, you've seen the word, then we have the right one. And so anyone that believes anything other than that do not have the right one? No. So they have to believe that he's the one God, God, the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Father, Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No. And he's the one God. Three persons in one God. So if the Muslim religion is different from that, then they don't have the real God. No. I'm sorry to say no. Is it hard to say it? No, it's not hard because I, ha I have to answer to God <laughs> about this. <laughs> I know one day I'll be standing right before his judgment seat and he'll ask me. As a Christian, um, President Bush went to Iraq mm -hmm. to fight a war. Do you believe that's a just war or unjust? Uh, the reason why he went, I, unless I'm wrong, I thought he thought he was fighting the terrorists. Right. And if he went for that to protect our country, yes. I believe it's right. Me too. And I pray for the man every day because I think that we have a spiritual leader, you know. I do too. Wow, I do too. A lot of people, people won't say that, but I absolutely agree with you. I believe that he's a spiritual leader. And he's there because he needed to do that. Yes. Otherwise, God wouldn't have, you know. So when you hear other people saying that he's there for the oil, he's there because he, his daddy, he's there because of this, <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that? He's a leader. He's a president. He's a man of God. He has to use wisdom. He has to use knowledge. He has to have understanding. And if we need oil and we need gas, <laughs> he has to use wisdom. That's right. He's controlling this nation, this 50-state uh, nation, a country, and, and um, you know, he, he's, he's in leadership, and he has to do what he has to do. Do you pray to God that we keep him in November? I'm, I'm asking God to, that it be his will, and that we, we need the right man there. Well, I sure hope Carrie is not his will, God's will. No, well, uh, I don't want to get into that <laughs> either, but, uh, you know, we... We have to know what's better for the, the country. Are you perfect? No. You're not perfect. When God said, be ye perfect as he is perfect, be holy as I am holy. Um, if you are of God, why is it that you are not perfect? Because I believe that he has, we, will, we have the fivefold ministry, which is apostle, um, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. We have all those in the ministry for the perfecting of the saints. So we have all to learn something from one another. And, and we're not perfect. We're working toward the perfection. That's scriptural. And I believe that. That we are becoming perfect? Yeah, we're, we're working toward it. Yes, yeah. we are. But that I'm perfect, perfect? No, but I work toward it every day. So do you still sin? I, I'm not a sinner. I mean, I, I'm not a sinner, but I, I, nobody's perfect. Only God is perfect and good. So you don't sin? I try not to sin. I don't sin. You don't sin. Is it, are you afraid to say that you don't sin for fear that people may judge you or something? No, I don't. You, I just tell them that I don't go places. I don't see things. I, I, um, I tell my congregation when they ask me, you know, will you do this or will you? I say there are certain things I won't do. Like what, for example? Like, um, I won't just see any, any movie, you know. I, I really guard against that. Right. I won't just hear any programs that are not educational or that have any, you know, anything that's going to edify. Um, I won't waste my time on that. Were you a party girl in your young age? No, 
You've never been a party girl? No. <laughs> Why not? Because my mother was brought up in a covenant, a covenant, Catholic covenant in San Antonio. So my mother raised us like that. Oh, she won't let you go and party? She won't let and, us party right. or, or go movies or go dances, you know, things like that. No movies or anything? Wow. We had to sit around the house. Do we were, she kept us so busy. We weren't bored. We we didn't have time to be bored or anything. She she kept you busy at the house doing yes, things. Yes. Uh -huh. So as a teenager, you, you did you want to go party and to the movie and? We didn't know that. We didn't know that that existed. Existed. <laughs> really? You didn't know parties and movies and things existed. We had dinners at the house. We had friends over. We went to friends. Things like that, family-oriented things, and that's how we were. We were poor, but we were happy. Right. And, and are you glad up. that she raised you that way? Um, yeah, because I can see God bringing bringing me up to be where I'm at. Did you raise your children the same way? Um, to a certain point, not you know. But you let them go party sometime we, or we, Yeah, we were more you know more modern with them. What made you do it differently than your mom? Um, because I was raised, you know, in. in with with the Anglo culture and saw more things, and as long as you know, we we got to know who their friends were, and where they would be at, and who would be bringing them, who would be picking them up, things that parents have to check into. Right. And so as long as we knew, or my husband would would chaperone, or you know things like that that we were involved with. Oh, good. Did they go to a private or public school? No, they went to a public school. Were you afraid for them in the public school system? Uh, not there where we raised them. It was a good. It was a pretty decent school. Pretty decent, yes. Yeah. What do you think about parents who send their children to public schools today? Um, there's still some good schools. I believe that we still have. You know, I still believe <laughs> in our in our schools. You do. I think there's good education out there, but then there's you know we have to be careful as parents. They need to check things out. Right. You don't just take it for granted that it's good. You need to meet teachers, you need to see who's there. Kind of keep up with what's mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because otherwise, I don't think that, you know, I think you have to be crazy to send your kid to the public school. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to wake up every morning thinking how much you hate your children and you want to punish them mm -hmm. because the schools are out of control now. Mm -hmm. They're out of control. Um, in, in the last few minutes that we have left, what kind of advice would you give to people as far as how they should live and you know how to find the right way and stuff. We have about three minutes left. All right. Um, I believe that the most important thing in anyone's life is that they try to meet, have, an, have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that this will help parents, this will help children, this will help anyone, grandfathers, grandmothers, it will help anyone in any, any stage of their life because he created us. Right. And he created us that we might serve him and love him. And that if we, if we love him, then we can love each other. And, uh, and that's what this whole thing is about, life. That's right. We're here on this earth for their purpose. A lot of people go to church and a lot of people read the Bible. A lot of people say that they believe in God, but they don't have what you're talking about. They don't have the love for one another. They don't have the love for their own children many of the time. What's wrong with them? I think a lot of times we're doing because the, the neighbor is doing it or somebody's doing it, you know, they're going. And a lot of times they get into that, into that track of life and 
And uh, it, you know, the, the real thing is you do it because you want to be there. You, you want to sing praises. You want to say psalms. You, want, you have something to say. You want to praise God for something. How important is it to pray? It is very important. Prayer is like uh, food is to our body. And prayer is like the food of the, to our spirit. You know? How often should we pray? Uh, the, the word says to pray without ceasing. Right. So we should pray at all times. All the time. You don't have to be on your knees all the time to pray. You can pray anywhere. Can you pray without speaking words? You know, because if, if you are at a party, you don't want to be praying out loud at the party. No, but you, you, can, uh, you can pray. With, without speaking words? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Uh, we have about one minute left. I want you to tell the people once again how they can, you know, get in contact with your church and come visit you. All right. Uh, our church is the Church of God of Prophecy. It is located at 5301 Thomason Drive in Midland, Texas, and the address is there, 5301 Thomason Drive and uh, Midland, Texas, zip code 79703, and our phone, our phone number is 432-689-8277. And do you have Sunday morning services? Yes, we have Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. It's Sunday school and morning worship, and then in, in the 6 o'clock evening service at Thursday at 7 o'clock every week. I appreciate you coming in and being patient and answering my questions. Mm -hmm. You did very well. You took the heat really well. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming. Thank you for asking me. All right. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time on the next show. Bye. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I'm founder and president of a nonprofit organization, BOND, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. You can reach us at 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-2663, or, or at our website, www dot bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. We're 13 years old. We're not a uh, governmental organization. We're a private, nonprofit organization. And I believe in the perfect order of God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. It is a spiritual battle that we're fighting. Not blacks against whites or whites against blacks, but good versus evil, right versus wrong. I'm committed to rebuilding a family by rebuilding a man.